Sports is finally coming back, and things are awesome. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of news today, so let's see how the left wants to change our way of life. And Trump drops the hammer on the World Health Organization. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, I'm back! Okay, so I took yesterday off. Actually, I just threw on a podcast on Sunday, so... We'll see what happens. But let's talk about something really important, sports. And I got to tell you, leave it to car racing, which I hardly think is a sport, but it kind of is, I guess, if you're going to drive around in circles for 500 or 400 miles. Yeah, it should be. The uh, NASCAR has decided to start the uh, start the Real Heroes 400 at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. After a 10-week hiatus because of the Wuhan flu, um, Kevin Harvick won the race. I don't know anything about driving. I don't care. I don't think it's a sport. But leave it to one of the most American sports, NASCAR, as the first sport to actually take the road here. And, well, that's a pun. Take the road here and actually go in and do the race and continue on. Uh, The race was, the stadium was empty, limited pit crews. Uh, There was social distancing between pit crews and everyone else at the track. But the fact is they did it. I can't wait to see the ratings, but I'm sure everybody and their mother actually watched the race. The UFC also took the mat on Saturday night in Florida. Um, I am a huge UFC fan. When I saw it on ESPN, I thought it was a replay, but I do watch the replays. And then I noticed that the stands were empty and everybody had a mask on. And then I realized, oh my God. I had to actually look it up on ESPN.com because that's what it was on. Um, It was on ESPN. And sure enough, yeah, it was played on Saturday. So I was absolutely thrilled. I watched the first, I watched the the last two or three fights, and then I replayed the uh, first three fights. It was fantastic. Now, you could tell that the judges were probably a little bit off, um, and the uh, refereeing was a little off, and the fights were not the best fights in the world. I mean, we're not talking... Conor McGregor is fighting whoever it is it but it was really good and I I truly believe MMA is like fishing the worst day of MMA is still better than the best friends rerun and so I was absolutely thrilled but the sports sports are about to are coming back right now uh baseball has announced tentative plans to play games starting in the beginning of July stadiums will be empty we did talk about this Um, the games will be played in regions. We did talk about that. Dugouts have been designed, dugouts and bullpens have been designed to allow for social distancing between players. Uh, so that's, that's great. Again, the stadiums will be empty, which is kind of like, oh, why are you even doing it? Well, because TV is a big thing and yeah, TV is a big thing. It sounds like that that little problem they had with the uh, pay and things like that, that's been settled. 
Uh, the players are not going to get quite as much as they did before, but they're going to do well. Uh, you know, I think three hundred thousand dollars a game is probably not a year is probably not that bad, considering nobody is watching your sport. But the biggest change in baseball is going to be a ban on spitting. That's right. The one thing baseball is known for is being banned. Uh, well, let's be honest. It's an ad advisory. They are not actually banning spitting. I don't know how they ban it. Guy spits on the ground. What are you going to do? Call a strike or throw him out of the game? I don't know. How, and there's going to be some habit there because these guys, that's all they do is spit. But, okay, we'll see how it works. Just don't know. Sports is also being opened by states, including states that are still very careful about opening. Uh, New York, California, and Texas have announced that they are ready to open for sports with, again, safety measures, which I think everybody already knows is going to end up happening. Florida, where the UFC was hosted on Saturday, have already opened sports, again, with safety measures. I, I have a feeling this is going to cause a landslide. Because once sports open, once we start seeing live sports on television, I mean live sports, people are going to start saying, okay, I want to play catch with the kid at the park. And right now, you already see everyone is trying to get out of their place. It's already happening. And I think when sports come out, there's going to be more of that. I, I was walking past the park today, and the park was loaded with people playing soccer. People were on the monkey bars, which I found kind of amazing. I The monkey bars were actually closed for the little kids. People were at the picnic tables. And I think sports is going to do that. Soccer has already started in Europe. Again, major safety measures. I think it's a matter of time before people just give up and they're going to say, okay, let's go. Let's go kick a soccer ball. I see a lot of it in my backyard. The kids are kicking the soccer ball with dads. That's great. There's no room. There's no grass. So it's not that great. So congratulations to NASCAR and the UFC. You have become the first that have determined that it's time to move on and you will be probably making a ton of money. And if baseball comes back, I got news to you. Baseball is going to hit it big. It just, you know, players just need to stop worrying about their salaries. I'm sure they'll be taken care of. One of the things that scares me more than anything during this pandemic is not getting sick or dying. It's the weakness that politicians try to make government, try to exploit to make government bigger and increase their power. One of the great things about today is that even Democrats are saying it is time to open up the economy, albeit carefully, which, by the way, everyone agrees with. We should be careful. Of course, everyone wants the economy open carefully, uh, even those heartless Republic Republicans who are trying to kill grandma. But even though we are beginning to open the economy and the tyrants in certain states are now facing court challenges, and there are dozen of those, dozens of those, um, the left is still proclaiming changes need to be made. Vox released an article that proclaimed that there are seven changes that need to be made to this country. How are these changes going to prevent future pandemics? I don't know. I have no idea. But here's what they had to say. 
So let's take a look at these seven. The Federal Paycheck Guarantee. The idea is a Federal Paycheck Guarantee. As part of it, the government, federal government would forgive direct subsidies to businesses to cover paychecks costs for employees who are furloughed or laid off. So the government will basically pay um, pay businesses to keep their employees. If the businesses lay off the employees, they fall out of it and that pay becomes a loan. Although these proposals have potential to significantly reduce unemployment, the problem is you're looking at tons of money that needs to be released, over $600 billion. And this was from one proposal. This proposal was from um, Pramilia Jayapal, who's a Democrat from Washington, and she's an absolute, she's an absolute radical. Now, a lot of, even Democrats said, okay, $600 billion for the next six months seems kind of high. Uh, they've actually thrown another one from Bernie Sanders and Jayapal. And that is to actually not only give some money, $600 billion, but that one is looking at over a trillion. So, I mean, this is a rough part, part because here's the problem. No matter what money the government gives to um, no matter what money the government gives to businesses, businesses, if they continue to close, especially if they're looking at uh, being closed until January, they can't stay open. What's going to happen to the business that takes the money and then they have to lay off employees or close or they just give up and they close? Are these people still going to have to pay? That's the big problem with this. Again, you are, I don't like the way the government is incentivizing unemployment, and that's what they're doing. But what they're trying, what, what they realize they have to do is business owners are going to sit back and say, hey, we need to open up. We're going to go under. Business owners are saying that. So the Democrats want to keep employees unemployed. That's their goal. Whether it's to get Trump uh, pulled out of office in November after the election or to increase business, increase government. I'm not so sure yet. But the thing is, right now, good news is businesses aren't even paying attention to any of that stuff. And they did in the first stimulus, they did give small businesses and small businesses weren't getting it. So this is a, a wish. It's not going to happen. But it's disturbing that people just want to keep giving money to businesses. I mean, half the reason a small business is alive is because of the um, motivation of the owner. The owner wants to keep the business alive. The owner wants to be successful. But the Democrats want to reward failure. And that's going to be a problem. It's never going to work. It hasn't worked. In the first month, it didn't work. And now we're in month number two, and people are supposed to be getting checks this week. The second thing they want is recurring stimulus payments. Congress has already authorized sending a one-time $1,200 payment stimulus check to 
Americans. But now some lawmakers are in, interested in making this more of a recurring effort. Uh, a couple of Democrats, Ro Kahana and Tim Ryan, uh, want to send $2,000 a month for people for qualifying persons over the age of 16. What is a 16-year-old going to do with uh, $2,000 a month and recurring? In other words, they don't even want to vote for it. Right now, to get the stimulus check for uh, to get the stimulus check for May, the Congress and the Senate had to say, "Hey, yeah, let's 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 open it up," and they would give it. Now, the stimulus checks that we get, the twelve hundred dollars a month plus five hundred per child in the household, that money is only going to be through July, and it has to be approved month by month. And the reason is it's costing us four trillion dollars. If we can save some some money someplace, that's what we need to save. Rashida Tlaib and Jaya, again Jayapal release a similar bill that would uh, put $2,000 a monthly recurring payments. And um, for qualifying Americans, add another $1,000 a month for a year after the pandemic ends. Do you see the problem here? Okay, this is a precursor to universal basic income. This is what this is trying to do. They're trying to change things. There are problems with a universal basic income. One, it encourages unemployment. If I can get $2,000, $3,000 a month, what do I need? And I'm going to be earning $12 an hour. What am I working for? And the second reason is it's a huge burden on the government. Where are they going to get this money? Uh, payroll taxes do pay a lot of taxes. And a lot of the programs are actually financed through payroll taxes. The problem is, where is this tax money going to come from? You are now laying off everybody. Nobody's employed. You're not getting any payroll tax in. You're not getting any income tax put in. You can only tax the rich so much. So it's getting to a point where People are, are just going crazy on this, but they're, they're trying to push a narrative. Now, do I believe in universal basic income? I'm not sure yet. And we're going to talk about that later in the podcast. I think universal basic income may have its place in the future. It's not now. Right now, the unemployment and the stimulus checks are actually paying un the unemployed more than they were when they were working. That's bad. People on furlough don't want to go back to work because they are losing money when they go back to work. That's bad. That's really bad. You should want to go back to work. Money should not be given to the unemployed to make them richer. It should be given to them simply because they need to survive. And they should have to work to survive. By the way, that's the American way. It's how we all are. I, I work, I do, I work to survive and I do what I have to do to survive. The government should not be doing that. The government should have no say in that. Now, again, I do believe in universal basic income. I think it could be a thing soon, uh, especially as technology is going to replace a lot of low paying jobs. I do not think this is a thing right now because I think 
businesses still like people, and there's a tremendous amount of starting cost when you try to implement technology. For example, why hasn't McDonald's gone in and implemented the self-serve kiosks? Well, they haven't because it's, one, a tremendous expense to actually implement that, and two, it's uncomfortable. It's change. And a lot of businesses, McDonald's is a franchise, so each owner has a different view of it. It's, it's a real, the cost to benefit ratio is just not there. They don't see it. And a lot of businesses want to keep people. They want to keep people because they like people. So that's a good thing. Eventually, do we need to think about universal basic income? Well, I think we're going to have to take a look at things and see if there is something we can do to make sure people are able to survive, even though their job has basically been replaced. The third option is something called automatic stabilizers. What an automatic stabilizer is, it will create relief for unemployment that expands. Unemployment insurance, uh, food stamps, Medicaid, uh, all that stuff automatically. And it increases. Now, this is a very interesting uh, quote from Fox. Automatic is the operative word here. Automatic stabilizers keep expanded unemployment service, food assistance like stamp, uh, food stamps, and Medicaid assistance flowing to newly unemployed people who need it as long as America's economy is weak due to coronavirus. I don't know if you caught that, but coronavirus was or is kind of like an offshoot there. It bothers me because, first off, the economy is you know in a state of flux. All right, it is in a state of flux. We do really don't know where the economy is. I mean, this week the Dow has gone up uh, like a thousand points. We are uh, yes, we've lost three million people at uh, three point five million went on unemployment last week. The thing with I don't know whoever's been on unemployment, unemployment is very difficult. You have to go, you have to, um, um, apply for it. Then you have to, it's very, and then once a month you have to go to the unemployment office and say why you're unemployed, have you, it's very inconvenient. What they're saying is let's get rid of that. Well, here's the thing. I was unemployed for six months it's inconvenient because it's supposed to be inconvenient. You're supposed to be looking for a job to get off of unemployment. And SNAP, expanding the payments for food stamps. A father, a, a single unemployed father of two gets about $800 to $1,000 in, in, in food stamps. I'm not making that up. I know that for a fact simply because I know somebody who was, who had two kids and applied for, for food stamps. You want that expanded? And again, we're, we're, we're running into the same thing. Um, for the coronavirus, it could be two years before we recover from the economy. So are you saying someone that loses their job a year and a half from now gets this? An automatic stabilizer where they get everything, expanded unemployment, Medicaid. And, who's going to pay for all this? 
And we can sit back 10 years from now, blame the coronavirus for the way the economy is. It's just not a very, it's not a very good law. First off, the first reason is there's no timeline, which the Democrats never talk about timeline. And it's automatic. So everything should have a timeline and nothing should be automatic. You should have to go out there and say, okay, I lost my job and I should be looking for a job, things like this. So I, I just absolutely can't stand that. Can't stand that that option. And this is really what everything the Democrats are bringing up. The fourth is mortgage and rent assistance, which I really have a problem with. Uh, the first, I, I'm going to read this directly from Vox. The first plan from Waters, Representative Denny Heck of Washington and Senator Brown, and that's Maxine Waters of California, creates a $100 billion emergency rental assistance program that would help renters who can't afford monthly rent pay it and also help property managers make repairs to their buildings. The money could be used to help renters with future rent payments or with rent or utility payments that are past due. The idea is included in the House Democrats' latest coronavirus bill, which is the HEROES bill. Now, you notice who they're talking about here? Maybe you don't. Let's go to the next paragraph. A separate bill introduced by progressive Ilhan Omar and co-sponsored by Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, right there, you got to see there's going to be a problem with this one. And other members of Congressional Progressive Caucus would go much further. A nationwide cancellation of rents and mortgages until the coronavirus crisis is over. Omar's bill would establish a landlord relief fund through the Department of Housing and Urban Development to get financial assistance to residential landlords who would lose money due to canceled rents. Here's the thing. Right now, people are on furlough, are getting unemployment plus the stimulus. They're getting money to pay their rents. As we talk, I just saw a Tacova commercial, which is a boot manufacturer, that's saying, what are you going to do with your $1,200? How about this? Don't buy boots. Pay your freaking rent. If these folks can't survive on rent and they need assistance, why do they need more? Why are we definitely canceling rent? And the idea of canceling rents and mortgage is just insane. What do landlords and banks do about their mortgages? This is just another way to have people controlled and dependent on the government. And it's to screw people who actually are providing. It's insane. California is already trying to do it. It's called rent control. It doesn't work. It's never worked anywhere the country has implemented it. Santa Monica, Los Angeles... New York, rent control does not work because what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a housing shortage because people who build or maintain apartments are just going to get rid of them. They're going to sell them or they're just going to tear them down. It's a stupid idea. It's not going to work. And by the way, oh, they'll give assistance to landlords in mortgages for their mortgages. That doesn't say they're going to pay their mortgages. 
And if they were going to pay their mortgages, where are they going to get the money? Again, there's only so much money the government is bringing in. They are not unlimited in resources. Rich people have only so much money. How much are you going to take from them? It's bad enough we already have to raise taxes in probably two years. But to sit back and just ignore it? Not a good idea. Very bad idea. It's never worked before. Number five, emergency Medicaid and Medicare coverage. Okay, I, I don't even need to talk about this. This is sponsored by Bernie Sanders and I think Jayapal again. And there were other bills that were the same thing. Yes, Sanders and Jayapal. This is Medicare for all. Uh, Comrade Bernie didn't obviously get it when he didn't win the nomination. And he didn't win the nomination because he couldn't explain how he was going to get the 50 to $60 trillion for Medicare for all over the next 10 years. It's stupid. Here's the thing. Healthcare, and I've said this, and it sounds cruel, but it's not. Healthcare is not a human right. It's never been a human right. It's a service. It's a service. You do not have the right to healthcare for all. Now, when Bernie sits back and says, well, no, nobody is going to get uh, the, the uh, testing or the vaccine for COVID-19, that's not true. It's in the government's best interest to make sure everyone's vaccinated and everyone's tested. It's in the country's best interest for that. And so that, that will be free. But when you sit back and you say, oh, everyone deserves help. No, that's not true. I pay for my health care. I, I don't want to lose my health care to a government branded health care. I mean, come on. The VA should be an example of why the government example of how the government can't run anything. They couldn't run health care for 150,000 former troops. Or troops, injured troops. Now they're going to handle $350 million? Yeah, that's not going to work out. So this is just really, this is just kind of insane. So number, let me take a look. Is this number six or number seven? So number six, expanded unemployment insurance, including to college students and recent graduates. So let, let's listen. Let me let me tell you about this one. I'm going to quote Vox. A major component of the CARES Act is an expansion of unemployment insurance, which, despite many flaws, is directly helping millions of people who have been laid off or furloughed during the pandemic. That's true. As part of the expansion, people receiving unemployment insurance get an additional $600 per week, a benefit set to end on July 31st. House lawmakers are pushing an extension for these benefits until the end of the next January. Okay, garbage. They're already getting people who are getting that $1,200 from the CARES Act are already getting unemployment. Now, instead of $1,200, they're going to get $1,800, which is short of what Bernie Sanders and AOC want and Jayapal want. They want $2,000 a month. Now you want to expand it and you want it to go through, I believe, the end of the year is what they want to do. Yeah, end of next January. I did say that. Yeah, no. You can't pay people 
to not work. It destroys motivation to remain unemployed. We need people to work. Continually giving people money, especially the latest generation that's getting out of college, they already feel they're, they're entitled. They'll never get jobs. And by the way, some of them, you know, lesbian dance theory majors probably shouldn't be getting a job anyway. It's not the way to do it. This should not be to supplement people while they choose not to work. This should be just to get people to survive until they can go get their jobs back. It's insane. So finally, hazard pay for essential workers. I'm up and down on this one. I, I can't lie. I, I think there are some examples where this is a good thing. So let's take a look at some reasons where I'm kind of having some issues with it. Now, before before I start, let, let's let's understand why I'm up and down on this one. I do work for a clinic, a medical clinic. I'm an essential worker. I have not been furloughed. I'm not probably not going to be furloughed. I wouldn't guarantee it, but probably not going to be furloughed. Um, I have a girlfriend who works for another clinic, and she is a frontline worker. And I think maybe that's the best way that this uh, these bills should be named as frontline workers. She actually talks to people who probably are infected with COVID every day. I will not meet anybody with COVID. I can be a central worker, not a frontline worker. So now let's take a look at one of the things. I hate the government defining what an essential worker is. The government does not know what an essential worker is. I had a debate with my girlfriend when I said that GameStop was closed, that that I think those people are essential workers. And she said, you're crazy. Video games are not essential. And I said, well, they're not essential to me and you because we're not video game players, but they're essential to video gamers who are stuck in their house 23 hours a day. So I would disagree. I hate the definition of what is an essential worker and what is not an essential worker. I think it's a crappy thing. And it really puts people down. And I am not, and you can ask my boss, I am not the most warm and comfy human being in the world. I'll tell you what I think right off the bat. Two, this bill is not aimed at doctors, nurses, or medical staff, but it is aimed at anyone who works Right now, anyone who is not furloughed, this is a big deal. This is the difference between a frontline worker, who I think should get, my girlfriend should get uh, uh, hazard pay. She's dealing with COVID-19 patients all the time versus someone on Amazon who is not. It's this is why essential versus frontline are two totally different things. I don't think essential workers should get uh, hazard pay. I don't think any worker should get hazard pay except for frontline workers. That includes police, firefighters, doctors, nurses, MAs, anybody who is dealing with the public directly. 
what I think this is, this is a raise of, this is an attempt to raise the minimum wage. Now, if Amazon, a worker, they haven't closed Amazon or Walmart workers because they consider them essential to provide people with what they need to survive, food, toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning stuffs, things like that. Okay, they're earning about minimum wage, which is about $12 an hour, depending on what state you are. Some states slower. What they want to do is they want to raise it by $12 an hour. I'm sorry, there is no Walmart worker that is honestly worth $18 to $20 an hour or $22 an hour. They're essential. Their work is essential. And we should show them their appreciation. Their work is not frontline work. So I disagree with that. And I'll go a step further. News people are considered essential workers. Does that mean Chris Cuomo, who's already rich beyond doubt, will get hazard pay? Uh, I'm sure that's not the case, but I'm not sure it's not the case. It gives... Okay, I talked about that. Who's going to pay for this? Is the are the businesses that have that remain open are they expected to give the people hazard pay? Is if that's the case, how are these businesses going to survive? They're just going to lay off people, which is why which is the main argument against minimum wage increases. Or is the government going to give this? And if the government's going to give this, where are they going to get the money? Do you see the recurring theme here? It's always, where's the money going to come from? It's just, it, it, there are so many questions. Everyone just thinks, hey, let's just throw money. And the thing is, I think the end goal of this is to raise minimum wage, is to actually attack minimum wage. But... I don't see what good is going to come from this. I I just, I don't trust politicians in a crisis. And I do agree that frontline workers should get some hazard pay. And maybe as I was reading this, I thought, no, it's not frontline workers. It's as essential workers and essential workers is the bag boy at the grocery store. That kid who's getting seven to twelve dollars an hour, depending on the minimum wage in the state, should not be getting another additional twelve dollars an hour. He is an essential worker, no question. He's not a frontline worker. His life is not in danger. Now looking at these seven steps, I gotta tell you. Um, I've got some problems with them, and I th- I'm going to share them to you. What is wrong with all these ideas? They're encouraging dependence on the federal government. The government will take care of you. The government will give you money. The government will pay your rent. Just remember something. Nothing is free. You give something up. When one depends on the government for something, he or she gives up of freedom or the 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 government or whatever you get strips freedom from that individual just remember nothing is free you always give something up 
Adolf Hitler said that freedom cannot be stripped all at once. It must be stripped a bit at a time. By the time the people realize they've lost their freedom, it'll be too late. Remember, nothing is free. You always give something up. Nikita Khrushchev, the Russian premier back in the 60s, 50s and 60s, said that the communist revolution does not need war. Not a single shot will be fired. It happens from within. Remember, nothing is free. You always give something up. To, the, to say we should wake up and begin to realize this is an understatement. Well, I was going to talk about, that was pretty deep. I was going to talk about uh, Donald Trump and um, the WHO, but I think I'll hold off on that tomorrow because this came out later on this afternoon and I, I have a feeling that some video will be released tomorrow that I'm probably going to want to play. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Uh, visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. There's no video or audio or anything, but there is a ton of great articles you should read. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.